Hi, folks. I'm Jamie Hiles. And I'm Lydia Judy. And this is Scream Bloody Movies, the podcast where we review a new movie each week, go over the horror news, and lose co-hosts. It's true. It happens. <laughs> As you can see, uh, our trio is down to two. Derek is off this week. Um, he had a family emergency, so he couldn't make the episode but he wanted me to reassure you guys that he'll be back next week better than ever ready to misidentify movies and uh not know if movies are in color so <laughs> good to go how are you lydia i'm pretty good i'm a little tired but how are you doing same pretty tired but now that we're here ready to talk about horror movies, especially the uh, the movie we're doing this week, Dead Silence. I'm really excited. Me um, too. There's a lot to say about this one, I feel like. There's a lot yes. that we can dig into. Yes. So, even though our trio's down to two, this week we will make the best of it and make Derek proud. Um, we'll tell an embarrassing story about one of us. Um, <laughs> that usually helps. <laughs> We'll just keep telling embarrassing stories about him. <laughs> yeah, that's an even better idea. I'll just, do you remember? There was this one time we were in Walmart and Derek. <laughs> I might get to one in a little bit. There's a, he'll, he'll enjoy that. He'll enjoy not being able to defend himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But this is really uh, our first episode back recording in several weeks we uh banked tons of episodes because derek has had a baby girl he and his wife quincy so that's very great news baby's healthy everything's fine uh i'll let him talk about her next week but um so we're getting back in the saddle we're trying to remember if we still know how to do this so <laughs> <laughs> get right into it so let's start off this week's episode like we do every week's episode which is the horror news we don't have a lot this week um but what we have is mediocre at best <laughs> But here we go. Let's start. Uh, let's start with this. I think you'll find this bit interesting. Um, Ridley Scott was just interviewed, and he says that a TV script for an alien TV series is being written. What do you think of that? An alien TV series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Why see you always tell me this stuff and then I'm like, I just want it right now. Like I don't want to wait. <laughs> I know so I'm here's, ready. What, here's what we know so far. Uh <laughs> that it is likely to be eight to ten one hour long episodes. Uh one of the primary differences in the TV is that Sigourney's Weaver character Ripley will not appear. Boo. Big thumbs down mm -hmm. for me now. 
Um, it is not a Ripley story. She's one of the great all-time characters. But I think her story has been told perfectly, and I don't want to mess with it. So what we do know is that it's not a Ripley story. Does that still, does that damper your want for this series or no? No, not for me. I love Ripley and I love that story, but I really like when I just hear stuff like this, like they're going to make, it's, it's bringing new life to it. And if it's going to be a good series, I know it will be. Well, you have, um, you know, you have one of the greatest all time uh, directors um, shepherding it. So, you know, Ridley Scott is there overseeing it. And um, you have a long form TV series that tell a very big story. So that's really exciting. Um, and I love, I would love to see a, Z a Xenomorph again. I mean, who doesn't mm -hmm. love seeing Xenomorphs? What do you think of the two prequels? What do you think of Ridley Scott's two prequels? Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I loved Prometheus. Um, I don't know if I remember seeing Covenant. Honestly. It's, it's okay. It's pretty good. I mean, it's a fun alien movie. Uh, I also really like Prometheus. I thought it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah, I thought it was a like a cool... I love Michael Fassbender in it as uh, the android, David. He's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I love uh, Numi uh, Repace in it. And I love when she's cutting the alien out of her oh. stomach. That scene is so awesome. So good. Yeah, I remember being in a the theater watching it going... You know, that's like the first one. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I quite liked it. So, I mean, I wanted a sequel to Covenant. I wanted them to continue that story. Um, so maybe this will. Who knows? We never know. I mean, what happens next? The movie ends on a cliffhanger. We don't know what happens next. You haven't seen Covenant, so you have to watch it and see what you think. Mm hmm. Um, we got some Evil Dead news. Um, Bruce Campbell was being interviewed for uh, Black Friday. And he says that the new Evil Dead movie is dark, serious, and excruciating. He says, we've seen a rough cut of it already. Has all the components we need. Like anything, when you see a rough version, it just needs to be tightened. But we're good. We're in good shape. This one's dark. This one's serious. It's a single mom who now has to deal with this book. These days, it's more about the book. The book gets around. Um, so it seems like it's going to be, uh, you know, dark and serious and really scary and what have you. What are your thoughts on that as a direction for the new Evil Dead movie? And um, in general, I mean, since the story of Ash is kind of wrapped up and told. Um, though it doesn't make sense because Ash is supposed to end the evil dead. <laughs> That's kind of the whole point. He is the chosen one. Right. What do, you, what do you think of a serious evil dead movie? I love it. I love the idea. Honestly, I really liked the, the evil dead remake that they did. I don't know if it was a remake or it know. was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked how serious that one was. Mm -hmm that 
it blew my mind. I really did. Like, I loved, I felt like it was one of the scariest movies that I had seen, like, at that time. Yeah. I really, like, I recommended that movie because of how scary it was and how serious, like, that was such a cool one. Even though there was a lot of confusion with it, I feel like. Like, mm-hmm. we were like, why are we getting this, like... Yeah, why does this like, exist? Who's the characters? Yeah. yeah, like, it was it was a little confusing. But I really am a big fan of that movie. If we ever review it, you already know. Oh, we'll, re- we'll review it. Uh, we just have to get through Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness first. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with this idea. I would, I'm not opposed to a serious Evil Dead movie, but... They just need to understand they can't even the uh, Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead remake has humor in it because it has to. Evil Dead is inherently has to have a light touch. There has to be a lightness of touch, even if you're dealing with dark stuff. And if they that's the direction they're wanting to go in and they're wanting to go into the darkness, that's great. That's fine. That's a way to go. To me. I love Evil Dead 2 and Asher's Evil Dead. I think they are the perfect tones for an, an Evil Dead movie. In Army of Darkness, of course. But Army of Darkness is more comedy. But like Evil Dead 2 is a perfect tone of horror when the horror hits. And then absolute silly shit when the silly shit hits. So I'll, I'll be there. I'll support it. You know, I want Evil Dead to live on. Though I do question the existence of an Evil Dead movie minus Ash, because unlike Friday the 13th or Halloween, um, where we go to see the villains, an Evil Dead movie, you go to see Ash mm-hmm. fight the Evil Dead. So we'll see how it goes. I'll, of course, be there. <laughs> this is interesting news. Uh, on an interview recently... Um, Keanu Reeves said that um, he loved playing John Constantine and that he would love a chance to play Constantine again in a new movie. What are your thoughts on this? That just made me so happy to hear you say that. I know. I love Constantine. I love Constantine so much. Uh, Yeah, I do Could you imagine? No, and I love his performance in it. I think it's so cool. I think it would be awesome to bring him back for like a legacy sequel to that movie. Dude. See what his version of John Constantine's up to 20 plus years later. Uh, that movie came out in 2005. It's almost 20 years ago. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. But so crazy. I went to the movies and saw Constantine and thought it was awesome. I dug it a lot. Because I wasn't sure about, you know, I was like, oh, the you know subject matter fits right down my alley. It's Keanu Reeves. And it's horror inspired. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of iffy on it. And I watched it and I was like, this movie rules. I liked it a lot. Yes. I actually, I discovered that mm-hmm. in like, probably in high school. Mm-hmm. I kind of rediscovered it. And like my dad had it on like VHS or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, let's check this out. And I <laughs> loved it. I watched it like probably for like two weeks straight. That's one of the, uh, that's a movie Sarah likes actually. She loves that movie. Really? We watched it. We watched it a few months back because it was on Netflix, it. and we were like, "Oh, yeah, I love it too." I I had just graduated high school when it came out, so I was like, you know, 
and it was right after the Matrix trilogy. <laughs> so it was Keanu Reeves was Keanu Reeves, and mm-hmm. and I I dug the uh, the darkness mixed with the fun and the action. I, I was I was wanted a sequel for so long, and once it didn't happen, I was kind of devastated for a while. Um, there's a tidbit of news that I didn't pull up, but, uh, you know, the Munsters is still shooting. If, if our fans are wondering, that's still a thing that's happening. And, uh, we still know that the Munsters are shooting. So (laughs) (laughs) we are still waiting for that. We are still waiting. I know every week, uh, cause there's a picture of Rob (laughs) Zombie standing in front of, uh, Mockingbird Lane street sign. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to talk about that on the podcast tonight. But instead of pulling it up and doing the whole rigmarole, I was like, guys, we know it's there. You know that we know that you know. So, <laughs> The last bit of news, Lydia, we have is it looks like the character breakdowns for Halloween ends have come out. So here's what we have. We have a self-assured nurse named Aaron, who's between 28 and 35, and is very judgmental. A uh, proprietor between the ages of 40 and 80 years old. Uh, Scott is a male between the ages of 52 and 57. He is stern, strong, and a straight shooter, who is sometimes checked out. Donna is a 55 to 65-year-old female who is Timothy's overbearing and critical mother. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Mead are described as being between the ages of 40 and 50 years old. They're middle-class working family. And then the other roles are Brandon, young Johnny, Veronica. Brandon is between 40 and 60. Young Johnny is a male between 6 and 10. And uh, Veronica is between the ages of 40 and 45, is a strong-willed, protective wife who is broken by the reminders of tragedy. Whatever that means. So that's a lot to ingest. But these are obviously new characters. Um, So we're kind of getting a glimpse into... It's sounding like the... Halloween ends, we know it picks up four years later. But it sounds like the world that we're picking up in uh, is that is that Haddonfield small town. And maybe even outside Haddonfield at this point. Um, who knows what events, the events of Halloween ends, who knows what effects they had on Lori and Allison. Who Lori loses her daughter and Allison loses both her parents in the same night to Michael Myers. So what do you glean from that? Any things that sound interesting to you from those breakdowns? Hmm. I don't know. When, when is this, you think? When is this well, it, take, it takes place. It's going to come out next year. So it's going to be effectively four years after the end of Halloween ends or kills. Okay. Cause kills yeah. is set in 2018. So this will come out in 2022 and four years will have passed. So now I'm starting to wonder if they're even still in Haddonfield. Or if the shape has moved on. But 
I do see a character there called Young Johnny. I wonder if he's related to Big and or Little John. Oh, I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> Big John and Little John were our favorites. I mean, I think they were everybody's favorites. Like, they are probably just... everybody in the world. Yeah, they're just the best. They're so funny. I love texting you guys every once in a while and just saying, Big John? So then you'll respond, <laughs> yeah. Little John? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best game of Marco Polo. That's what we should start doing instead of Marco Polo. We'll cover our eyes and say, Big John? Little John? <laughs> Unbeatable. Unbeatable game. Yes. So that wraps up the horror news. Do you have any? Any that you heard? Any that are exciting? Oh, not that not that I can think of. Not a lot has happened, surprisingly, in the three weeks we've been off. Not a lot has happened. <laughs> Everybody you know, else so, took a break, too. Yeah, it seems like it. Chucky's still going on. That's fun. Uh, I've watched it. I like it a lot. I think it's fun. Um... What else? Anything else? There's a new psych movie out. Watch that. It has nothing to do with horror, but it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have much else. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's Thanksgiving episode. We put a lot of work into it. Uh, we just want you to know that that's not cranberry sauce. <laughs> Always and forever. So now we're going to get into... Uh, tonight's movie topic, which is the James uh, Wan Lee Wanell joint <laughs> Dead Silence. Uh, tell me your history of Dead Silence, uh, Lydia, and um, like we do every week. So this was one of those movies that I discovered um watching tv probably in high school um at my mom's house and i was just sitting in my room by myself in the dark watching this movie and was terrified <laughs> and i'm like i was so like i was like no it's it's not that bad you can do this you can do this it was one of those i had to like talk myself like into it Yes, like I was like, okay, don't turn it off, don't turn it off. It's gonna be okay, it's fine. And now I'm just terrified of dummies. So, <laughs> well, to be perfectly fair, to be perfectly transparent, the dummies in this movie are terrifying. They uh, are. They really Billy, are. <laughs> Billy is absolutely terrifying. Uh, while I was rewatching it, that's what I kept uh, thinking to myself: is man. They did a great job on his um, design because yes. he looks so creepy, especially with the way his eyes move and stuff. Yes. Dude, how did they do that? I don't know. It's, how, it's like, really they good literally, stuff. They literally look like real alive eyes, but they're clearly not like human eyes and it just gives it the creepiest effect ever and that's probably my favorite part about this movie is just the dummy's eyes moving <laughs> i think yes when he when his eyes move it's it's so scary it is 
And they always do it where his eyes move first, then his head. Uh, yeah. So spooky. Uh, I was kind of doing it. I was like, on my way home from work today, I was like, it's dark for one, which I hate. Yeah. But yeah. it's... <laughs> I was like driving and I kind of did that with my eyes a couple times because I was just thinking about the movie. So I was like creepily turning my eyes while I was driving. And I was creeping myself out. I was like, I can't even see myself. And I'm like, but I know I'm scary. (laughs) Yes. But I know I'm scary. That's something about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so for me, my history with this movie, before I get into mine, you said that you saw that, was it just on regular TV then? And you just stumbled upon yeah. it? Yes, it was oh, like the that's sometimes the best. edited. That's sometimes it, the best yeah. way is to just <laughs> absolutely stumble upon something. Yeah. But it was definitely like edited down and like... Oh yeah, toned down know. for... Yeah, because it was on regular yes. TV. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. <laughs> Um, the first time I saw this movie, I went to the movies, um, when it came out, me, my cousin Joey and a friend of ours all went to see it. Cause we would always go see the new horror movies when they came out. And this one we were really excited about because it was from the directors of, you know, the writer and director of Saw. It was, it looked creepy. So we went and saw it and, um, I remember really liking it, thought it was, different uh still had kind of that it was i think uh tonally it's the 180 degree opposite of saul mm-hmm. first of all so i really enjoyed that and um as the years went on i'd watch it here and there i remember renting it when it came out um i think i had it on dvd at one point and i let somebody borrow and now it's gone forever so i need to rebuy it um but yeah it's a uh, been in my life since 2005 mm-hmm. or no 2007 was it 2007 2007 yeah, yeah. 2007 yes. 2005 because i was still thinking about constantine but 2007 <laughs> so it's been there for a while 15 years almost mm-hmm. so uh let's get right into it lydia um this movie opens uh in black and white and i text derek last night (laughs) on our group chat and said hey fyi just so you know this movie starts off in black and white but it switches to color (laughs) (laughs) i'll drop in the uh gif that he responded to me with right here But I love that it opens with this, with the old school Universal logo, the black and white airplane going around the world logo. Um, And then we get into like the history of Mary Shaw to a degree. We get like these little flash cuts and this music playing and the match being lit, which brings us into color as the music's playing. What do you think of this opening montage? I think it's definitely from 2007, but... <laughs> 100%. I mean, there's a couple movies that I'm trying to think of that kind of have that beginning. Uh, Darkness Falls has that beginning. 
Yes. Uh, I think the remake to Hills Have Eyes has that beginning, doesn't it? Or similar? One of those kind of remakes around that time. Could be. Yeah. I want to say The Collector. Yes. The Collector has that almost exact beginning. You're right. Yes. With just the, it shows clips, newspaper clipping. (laughs) Almost every horror movie from that era, uh, House of Wax starts the same way too. Mm -hmm. They all start with the newspaper clippings that give you backstory so you mm-hmm. don't have to do an exposition dump, which is fine. Except you could probably find a little more creative way to kind <laughs> of give the exposition without doing an exposition dump or the whole give it to you right there. The, I'm going to refer to the original script a couple times because I, I read it. Uh, one of the early drafts, not the original, but one of the early drafts of this movie. It's online mm-hmm. and I, I started reading it last night. In the original draft of this, uh, we get the exposition out of the way immediately. And the way they do it is kind of brilliant. They have a um, mother talking to her daughter um, or son. I don't remember which, but they have them talking to their child. And they, she, the child wants a bedtime story. So the mother says, what kind? They say scary. So she regales them with the story of Mary Shaw. And we get flat, we get flashback cuts as it's happening. So we find out pretty much everything we need to know at the beginning. And it's told stylishly with cuts and, and you know, this story mechanism. And then it ends with their blowing out the candle. And then we're into the actual movie. Which would have been way more effective than what we got. Yes, that sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's how it was scripted. And that's how it was designed. But the studio wanted said hey you ever seen house of wax do that (laughs) (laughs) at least they didn't put like a fallout boy song like the fog remake oh that's true yeah Yeah. i mean like i love fallout boy don't get me wrong but like not when you're watching horror weird you don't need them in your horror yeah (laughs) fallout boy you stay over there we're 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 talking about scary stuff here yeah yeah that is really odd. That is, yeah. Um, so this, what do you think of the, what do you think of the music that plays during this opening bit, though? I don't remember it. Is it like? Oh. It's probably like. 2007 rock it's 2000 well it's 2007 no it's 2007 like spooky it's spooky music it's it's okay yeah and it has a really cool gothic (laughs) score i like the score it reminds it's john carpenter-esque not not quite a synth not as the cool you know carpenter synth that only john can do john right but it's uh it's it's good It's, it's a decent little score so then after we get that little, we get that exposition dump of, of, a, of an opening, we jump right into meeting our main, our main characters, um, which is um, Jamie and his wife. By the way, might I say, Jamie is an excellent name for a lead character in a horror movie. <laughs> you don't get enough Jamies represented in, in any movie, <laughs> let alone a horror movie. So, I mean, there's... Jamie Ashen and Jamie Lloyd from Halloween. <laughs> Those are your two Jamie horrors. That's all you get. 
That's all I get. Uh, but I, I forgot about that. I forgot his name was Jamie, and she said it the first time. I was like, excellent. <laughs> Which, of course, is played by uh, the actor that plays um, Jason Stackhouse in True Blood. Which, if uh, we were watching True Blood right now, Ryan Quanton. Which, if we were watching True Blood, we'd probably hear Silky saying, Bill, right about now. Um, I never so got into that show. Derek is a big fan. He wanted me to mention it. That's for you, Derek. That's for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we meet them at their apartment. And it's it's, you know... Early two thousands horror. It, I mean, it is. You know, they're they're having their little banter. They're meeting. He's fixing this. He's fixing like a sink, and they get a knock on the door or something at the door, and we get this beautiful push in on the door um, to build the tension. And one of the things I want to say is, I can definitely see the uh, evolution of James Wan as a director from Saul. Mm -hmm to where he is now with Malignant uh, and the, the master craftsman he is from uh, Insidious on, basically. In this movie, you see where he starts to get those chops. Because I love that push-in when we see the at the door. And then we um, find, he opens it and there's a, a container, like a, a package. He opens it and it's fucking creepy-ass Billy. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in there uh and you know they joke around about it and everything what do you think of this introduction to billy and would you have just thrown the doll out yeah no it like immediately pisses me off straight at the beginning i'm like stop get that thing out of there stop touching it don't <laughs> do what are you doing like i think Anybody who watches this movie has to be pissed off at this scene because you're like, stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, even if it's not like supernaturally, um, for me, if I received that doll in the mail, even as somebody <laughs> yeah. that's not a believer in the paranormal, I'd be like, I don't want that fucking thing in my house. A, I don't know what's in it. I don't know who sent it. I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. Garbage shoot. Or... <laughs> I would lock it up, right? And try to sell it on eBay. <laughs> I guess you never know how much it's worth. Right, it's like, a, it's antique. I would leave it sit there. I would Google it now, since we have smartphones, I'd just Google it and and check eBay. And then I'm like, oh, those, are, those guys are going for about $237. That's not really <laughs> worth it. Or 200 grand? Honey, latch it up. <laughs> we're taking it down to the market now gift wrap yeah uh that's when we get our first real good look at billy so jamie leaves to go get takeout food and his wife is there is home by herself with billy who she is playing with mm -hmm. and she's sitting him up in the bed to try to scare jamie which to be perfectly 100 percent Transparent is something I would do to Sarah. <laughs> One thousand percent. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But not but with that like... creepy doll. Not with that. If it was something that I had. Like, I think tonight, maybe. I'll let you know how this goes. I'm going to take Mike back there and I'm going to sit him next to Sarah's 
uh, nightstand and see what she says. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, so she starts playing with with Billy, and puts puts the blanket over his head, and then she starts hearing something. So she goes up to the sheet. The sheet comes off and attacks her, and then she screams. And we know what happens when you scream. Um, so Jamie comes home and finds, he, he starts messing with stuff and he hears her talk to him and she's talking to him from the other room because Mary Shaw's a ventriloquist, which is a nice touch. And, uh, he goes in to find her dead body with her tongue ripped out and we just get a quick shot of it. What do you think of this whole scene? And you just said her tongue was ripped out. It was like her whole face yeah was yeah. messed up mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't just like our tongue was missing it was like her mouth exploded uh-huh out and then the tongue is ripped like, out as well yes yeah. it's so disturbing to see i mean it's ridiculous how they talk about it afterwards because it's like that was so, you killed your really wife eh? scary <laughs> yeah yeah okay it's like the scariest thing. I like I couldn't imagine being okay after seeing something like that. No, that'd be a rough one to get over. Yeah. Um do you think that the cut is too quick of her face? The ramp up. Um, do you think it is? I here's what I think. I don't I think that it is and there's some bits in here of this. That's part of the early 2000s horror thing. That the mm-hmm. ring was very famous for doing that just that quick shot of mm-hmm. the messed up girl in the remember the messed up girl in the closet and stuff. Yes. That's so that's a 2000 that's early 2000s horror thing. Also, I think there are there's James Wan and company are still doing the Saul editing. I think there's some serious salt editing going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you mm-hmm. look at a movie like uh, Insidious, it's very leisurely paced and builds and builds. And there's not this, you know, not the ramp up shots. It's just all slow, me- meticulous plotting. Um, mm-hmm. Same with even a batshit crazy movie like Malignant. It's, you know. But that was the early hype. I mean, Saul was edited in that way to hide this low budget it had. But this movie had a budget. But it just wasn't... It was ingrained in him, I feel like, at this point. This is the first what instance was, of it. What was the budget for this movie? I did not For this movie, that. the budget was $20 million. Saul I, was like, made for some... pennies. Yeah. Some of the set in this movie is so extravagant and so beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, once we get towards the end, there's some gorgeous stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Jamie is, uh, you know, has found his, his wife dead. Um, then we get this really great shot where we push into uh, the doll's eyes. Into Jamie's eyes, then out of Jamie's eyes again to see him yes. sitting 
at the uh, on the stoop when he's his wife's being wheeled out and everything. It's a beautiful, awesome shot. I was like, James Wan for the win. <laughs> yes, what good job, James Wan. Yeah, that's awesome. Good job on that. <laughs> yeah, that's such a cool shot. I loved it so much. It is. I wrote that in my notes. I said, uh, "I shot is great." Yes. Also, I wrote, uh, so at this point, we we are introduced to the detective, uh, Lieutenant Lipton, played by Donnie Wahlberg, who is always fucking shaving. Always. Like every scene. Every he's, time. He's every scene. So he walks Stop. in. He's wearing like, <laughs> it looks like he just got back from uh, the Columbo store. <laughs> He's dressed in full Columbo gear. You just expect him to be like, and one more thing. So he comes in and he has this dialogue with Jamie, basically accusing him of murder without accusing him of murder and saying, I'm not going to arrest you yet. But he's like, I don't think you killed your wife, but I'm trying to make sure that I'm trying to help you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that's where we find out that he's like, well, I'm going to solve this. You know, I'm free to go. I'm going to solve this since you won't. And he leaves. What do you think of Lieutenant Lipton's introduction in this interaction in general? Um, I think he's, I don't know about this introduction, but I think he's kind of a fun character. Mm. Um, I think the shaving thing is a little extreme, like, character trait. But... Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those quirky... <laughs> It's one of those quirky movie things, isn't it? It's like, yeah. What what can set this guy apart? He shaves all the time. Yeah, he's like yeah. obsessed with shaving his face all the time. Even though he mentions no it. Sense. He mentions it at one point when he after uh, later in the movie when he's talking with Billy the puppet. He says, "You got smooth skin. How do you do that? I can never get that yeah. smooth skin." And he shaves, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> well shave with a razor instead of that whatever that shitty electric razor yeah yeah go get a go get an old school guy yeah, um, something so jamie sets off to raven's fair which can i say is a fucking great name for a horror movie town <laughs> yes it is i love the name raven's fair and especially when he's driving and we see the sign for it, I was like, oh, I feel like we're in like Alan Wake territory. Like we're in like, you know, Twin Peaks, uh, super horror Twin Peaks. We're in Gothic land. I love this. Um, this is where the movie starts to pick up for me. And because uh, we start to see this great imagery coming up. So he goes, Jamie goes and visits his uh, dad. When he knocks on the door, this attractive young woman answers, um, and who we find out, and he finds out for the first time, is his stepmom. His dad has married up again, and uh, he hasn't seen his dad in a long time, in quite a few years. So he goes up and um, finds out that his dad had a stroke and is in a wheelchair. And so she goes over and stands behind him. They have this conversation about his wife, how he's going to call everybody to get her buried right and all this stuff. And he's like, remember that story we told his kids about Mary Shaw, blah, blah. And he's like, that's just a legend. Just forget about it. You know, 
well, you said it wasn't. It's like, <laughs> look, this is a town full of simpletons. Simple-minded people think of simple-minded things. That's all there is to it. So he leaves. Um, what do you think of this introduction to the father scene? In the father himself. I thought it was... Yeah, I liked the father. Um, I mean, I didn't like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But I, know what you're I think it was... I, I liked that they portrayed their relationship in this way that's like very rocky and it's like you kind of because i think the reason that i like it because i honestly think the main character right jamie i think is cast wrong mm-hmm. i think he's i think i would i don't like I don't that hate choice the guy but i yeah i think i just would have rather have seen someone else um someone like more relatable and less like moody and kind of i don't know I, I obviously he's supposed to be moody but i think he's kind of emotionless wooden is the word you're looking for wooden. the performance he's is very wooden. like wooden and stale mm-hmm. and emotionless mm-hmm. and i i mean and and maybe it's almost too realistic because that's kind of how people are in real life but like sometimes you know especially when something like traumatic happens you kind of like you can't you shut know, down people yeah. people handle it differently mm-hmm. but like he you don't want to see that in this movie like you want someone who is relatable and like showing you and fun to watch most importantly yeah and fun to watch and i don't think this guy was very fun to watch so when i see him like mad at his dad i'm like okay now we're feeling now something. we're talking there's something <laughs> yes. who would you cast? i mean not to agonize this yet but who would you cast <laughs> as besides the obvious choice of tom atkins who would you cast as as jamie ah uh, i don't know i at mean this, if, i think if about I'm at looking... this time frame yeah too. yeah if... <sighs> i mean you could always cast your know. favorite tom welling Oh no, no, no. He no, is no. sexy. I would have <laughs> no. no, no, no. Sexy when you're mad. <laughs> he is sexy when he's mad. That is true. Um, dang it. I don't know. I mean, I think about the other things, <clears throat> excuse me, the other movies that, at, at this time uh, frame. Mm-hmm. You have House of Wax, which starred uh, Jared Peledecki. Is in that? So and I that's guess you who could, I was thinking. You could too. <laughs> totally cast Jared Pelodecki in this movie. He has similar yes. hair. <laughs> yes, and that's who I'm picturing. Like it, that's who it probably should have been. He's a much. I mean, he's more a motive actor. That's for sure. Yes, and I mean, like, I'm more of a Dean person myself. But like, most people are Dean people. <laughs> <laughs> But like, love think, you, Jared. Uh, but most people Jared, are Dean people. I think Jared was meant for this movie. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think now that now that we're talking about it, this guy who is this guy even Ryan Quanton? He is from uh, True Blood. That's his, one I know of his he's from True biggest Blood. Roles. Yeah, but I didn't watch that. What year was True Blood? Was that around mm-hmm. this time? True Blood came out in. <laughs> Around the same time, September of 2008. So he probably shot Dead Silence right before he shot uh, True Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's just because I didn't know him. But like, usually I'm the kind of person that, you know what I mean? Like, usually I'm the kind if of I person. If I would have had a coffee that... with him, I would have maybe thought different. Huh? <laughs> I would have loved it. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> you know what? I think it's because I don't know him. Of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually the one that's like, I, I get taken yeah. out of a movie when I yeah I like the unknowns so it's weird for me that I don't know this guy and I don't care because it must be his acting in this and I hope yeah. he does better from yeah. from this movie yeah, on he's fine just in this movie it's he's wooden and we don't know I doubt it's the direction because James Wan is a master so I don't think it was the direction <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's just I think it's the casting choice and who are we to argue with the great James Wan? Except right. for uh, online movie reviewers, and that's our job. So you done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so following this scene, um, do you want to just throw the twist out now so we can just talk about the movie regularly instead of having to tiptoe sure, around the twist till the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah might as I well. mean, might as well, right? So the twist is that his dad is dead the entire time and um he's being puppeted by the stepmother um so that way i I brought that up and out of there so that way we can talk about the dad's performance in these scenes i think he is phenomenal because he does a great job of dropping when she's out but subtly enough that you don't know it until you know the twist it is creepy like especially once you know and it's like um, I didn't realize how far the twist goes because yeah. like I said, I watched this a while ago and you know, you kind of wait a few years to watch it again. And then you're like, wait, what, what happens at the end of this? Yeah. We'll get, we'll get more into the twist when we get there, but I thought we should yeah. point it out so we could point out that, uh, yes. that actor's the, performance, which that actor of the, course to me is always known for, uh, uh, John Woo's Broken Arrow, but most importantly, he's one of the henchmen villain in Ace Ventura when nature calls. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's the yes. guy that Ace scratches the plates on. Yes, and he does the eye. his eyeball. <laughs> So that guy automatically, I love him always now. I'm like, yeah, Ace Ventura yes. villain. He did a he did a really great job because he really like the makeup that they put mm. on him really sells mm-hmm. it. Because you're like, okay, well, he must be like really sick. Really sick, yeah. Really creepy in this chair, and there's mm-hmm. something not right. There's something uneasy. There's something about it for sure. off about it. Yeah, purposely, mm-hmm. and I like that. There's like an unease, mm-hmm. and the fact yes. that since. He and Jamie are estranged. Jamie never gets close to him. So he stands a room apart, which is actually a good choice because if, you know, something (laughs) were to happen to either of our fathers, we're close to our fathers. So we would immediately go up and check on them. And the twist would have been over immediately. We'd have been like, I'm not screaming. Fuck you. Yeah. I picture, I'm just picturing him when he's talking to them at the bottom of the stairs. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He stays so far away. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? You need to stay down there for the twist to work. <laughs> yes. So uh, the next scene we get is Jamie uh, arranges the funeral for his wife with the uh, funeral home director, Henry. And Henry has a wife who is going senile, essentially. And mm -hmm. she, uh, he's at the funeral and he wanders into the woods and finds Mary Shaw's gravestone. Which, by the way, I love the design of her gravestone. It's so awesome. Yes. It looks so cool. And she run Marion runs into her and starts talking to him about Mary Shaw. Starts talking to him, talking to him. And then uh, What's-His-Face comes and says, let's go. And he leaves. Um, what do you think of this Henry. little... Yeah, Henry. What do you think of this little and bit? Marion. I thought it was good. I liked it. Um, yeah, it's like... <laughs> I feel like I'm being really harsh on this actor. <laughs> you, yeah, now you just you're part I of the freaking like... <laughs> you're part of the I hate uh, Ryan Cowan fan club. Yes. I'm so sorry, but I really just like anytime anyone else is on the screen, I'm like having a great time. Like Marion, I I you feel for her because she's you know going through something you know like yeah she's going through a really hard time and she's like well she's not she's like probably fine with it but she knows something is wrong she knows exactly what's wrong she knows and that mary shaw's like, coming yeah yeah she can't really like express anything so you're like you feel for her and you're just like oh man like just like because we know what's wrong too <laughs> so yeah like, yeah and yeah, that's the other thing. Is we know Jamie. It just takes Jamie so long to <laughs> figure it fucking out. Jamie. <laughs> if you had a smarter villain or a smarter hero, movie would have been way different. Yes. Yeah. Should have thrown like Sherlock Holmes in this bitch. Five minute movie. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get that it has to take long. I just, I don't know. I, I do like that scene though, where they're in the woods and she's mm -hmm. like, she's, she's here. It's, or something. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, fittingly scary, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we get some, you know, kind of thing. And when he's there, he sees all of the, the dolls, right? I mean, that's where he sees the Mary dolls, mm -hmm. the graves, the, the, the graves of the 101 dolls, right? all throughout the the thing and so that's when he realizes that billy was dug up so he's going to go bury billy and so later that night he goes to bury billy and when he does this that's the scene the scene that we were talking about where he's driving and billy just keeps looking over at him out of the corner of his eye i love it yeah I love it's the atmosphere. So I think that's the scariest part. And it's because of the atmosphere, 100%, and the design of that doll. When he's going to bury Billy, and after he goes and digs him up, I mean, the, the graves are like an inch into the ground. They're not very, you know, not very deep graves. Pulls him, puts him in the thing, buries him. And there's this, he's about to start the car, and he sees, like, something go behind him. 
And he's like, oh. And he sees Billy attack the window. And then he goes out and looks and he can't find him. So he goes back to the hotel. Um, there's a great scene in the hotel uh, where he um, sees Mary Shaw before this. Uh, when they're in the hotel, he and Billy are in the hotel. And he sees Mary Shaw, like he wakes up from a dream and he sees her sitting by Billy. Remember this sequence? Yes. Let's talk about that. What do you think of that sequence? <laughs> it's so scary. It's like, for one, the light. Okay, he's dreaming, right? Is it I dream? love the red light so much. The red light. You love the red light? It's so scary. It's so good. I think it is scary. You're right. But yeah. it also, I'm just like, why would you ever try to sleep in that room with that red light <laughs> flashing all night? No. You have to shut the not. blinds at least, right? And, like, why does he carry this doll around with him? Like, Why didn't he leave it in the truck? In the trunk of his car? Yeah, he sets it up in the chair so that it can just murder him while he's asleep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's why he did it. Yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know why he didn't <laughs> put it in the... Tr leave it in the car. Put it in the trunk of yeah. the car. Whatever you gotta do. There's no reason to bring it in. Um... <laughs> So yeah, we see a little bit of the makeup of Mary Shaw here, the first look mm -hmm. at her, and she looks fucking great. I love the design of Mary Shaw. So scary. So she, scary. And the actress that plays her is awesome. So yes. we see her like, you know, creeping with Billy. She turns around and you're I'm like, whoa. Oh, I would like I would wake I'd get chills. I'd be like, uh wake up and be like, not going back to sleep tonight, <laughs> I can tell you. Doll's yes. going in the other room. I'm gonna fucking flush it down the toilet. I don't care. It's not gonna be here. <laughs> Burn this place down. Burn it to the ground. After he gets it to the, you know, Barry's Billy, the the, the detective uh, Lipton shows up, and with with Billy, and he's like, "Ah, been following you around, you see," and trying to. I just don't get this. Trying to destroy murder evidence. What are you talking about? You think that he ripped her fucking face off with the doll? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it clearly wasn't like evidence because he would have taken it. Yes. At the crime scene. <laughs> and why the fuck is he following him around anyway? He was like, he said, I told you not to leave the city, I guess, but I'm also not under arrest. Yeah. Leave me alone. Right. I have to go bury my wife. But I do kind of see, because, like, if I followed him, like, if I knew he was leaving town, okay, I'm going to follow him. Okay, why is he burying one of the things that was at the crime scene? You know what I mean? Like, until maybe you, he's trying to get rid of this. Until you walk up to it and you see 101 other graves, or 100 other graves. And you're yeah, like, but I mean, I would, oh, I would be suspicious. I'd be like, I'd be suspicious, but I would make somebody else dig it up. I sure as fuck wouldn't dig it up. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I would say, hey, we got to get somebody over here. We got to ex excavate this whole area. There might be evidence here, and then mm -hmm. just carry it around and put your fingerprints and DNA all over the doll. What sense does that make? What evidence is that going to have now? It's been buried in dirt, and you just basically licking the goddamn thing at this point <laughs> like 
I don't know. <laughs> you just got your DNA all over it. <laughs> I mean, he destroyed all the evidence. That's probably why he took it with him. Ooh, he did sleep with it in the hotel. <laughs> the the rest the, the new version of this movie, Mary Shaw just leaves after this point. She's like, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't I just can't anymore. I can murder all the people, That's... but this is too much for me. This is just too much. I I'm done. <laughs> So Jamie goes back. Uh, he gets the doll, steals the doll from the detective. This is the scene where the detective's shaving and says, you've got smooth skin. And he leaves. So Jamie steals Billy back, goes and visits uh, Henry again. And Henry gives us our second exposition dump, where he explains the backstory of Mary Shaw. And it's decently effective. We get this flashback scene. We see her actually performing in front of an audience and we find out that she's an amazing ventriloquist mm-hmm. and we see young henry uh gets has the doll underneath his his seat he brings it up to her and then uh as he's as he's doing his bit and uh she's doing her bit and talking and, and everything there's this kid yells i can see your mouth moving and she fucking gives him this Death glare. Who said I did? And then basically calls him out. Her and Billy are talking at the almost at the same time. Um, and then he's she's like, you know, you know, basically you were saying, kind of. Mm-hmm. They were yelling. Yeah, at the I'm same a real. Time. I'm just as real as him. No, you're not, Billy. So, yeah. And what I, do you? Th- so when you, when you, I'm sorry. When you no, just said like we find out that she was an amazing ventriloquist, that's mm-hmm. not how I took it. I took it as she's a really terrible ventriloquist who just has like a real life dummy. <laughs> so that's who's <laughs> actually talking. But that's not how it is. Uh, according okay. to James Wan, uh, Mary Shaw, the, the dolls are, she did are not alive. They're not alive. That's why she's looking yeah. to create the perfect doll. Because right. they're not alive. She doesn't have any real children. She only has her dolls. So she's just that good of a ventriloquist that she can oh, do that so quick. That is very impressive. <laughs> and that's why she. Can, that's why it, the whole movie, she's throwing her voices to other areas and stuff. And mimicking people's voices because... She's that good of a ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pause this right now to talk about a bit in the original script. So, uh, after I tell this part. So, in the theatrical version of the movie, what happens is Jamie... Uh, or, I'm sorry, not Jamie. His Jamie's great uncle, after he says all this to him, comes up missing. And there's only one suspect, Mary Shaw. And so they go and they torture Mary Shaw. They cut out, they make her scream and cut out her tongue and kill her. But she didn't die. Then children started coming up missing and that sort of thing. Then the legend started. That's a theatrical version, right? Mm -hmm. Before I tell you, what do you think of that? What do you think of that backstory? 
Um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was okay. It's fine, right? Serviceable. Wait till I tell you the backstory that they originally wrote in the oh early gosh, draft. Oh is it good? So, Mary Shaw uh, was a was a ventriloquist. You know, or she wasn't a ventriloquist yet. She was a housewife who was married to an abusive husband. She got pregnant, and the husband beat her, causing her to have a miscarriage, which is why she wants a baby so bad. Why she? But she can. She beats her so bad that she can't have kids anymore. So she loses it. So that's when she becomes a ventriloquist. That's when she starts um, doing her thing, you know. And she is really good at it. She, but she becomes so obsessed because she she sees these children. These are her children. Well, her husband, uh, her husband, one night comes home and decides to beat her because she talked back to him. And he forces her to scream and cuts out her tongue, robbing her of the only thing she was good at, which is being a ventriloquist with her children, that she kills herself, then becomes a vengeful spirit from that point on. That is way better. Way better, right? They were too, like, it's like, the studio probably was like, 100 is it was. too much. Mm -hmm. And maybe, but it also ties back into the motivation for uh, his stepmom as well, who was a woman who in the original draft of the script, Jamie's father was abusive and mm -hmm. caused her to have a miscarriage. And then after the miscarriage, she starts hearing Mary Shaw's voice which is why she allows her to be the vessel because they understand each other. Ah, that is good. Almost watertight. Like yeah. today, that's how it would have been. Mm -hmm. But in 2007, they were like, no way. No way we're yeah. putting that out there. Well, I think what happened instead, they're like, can you make it more like Freddy Krueger? Because that's kind of what it is. I mean, a kid goes missing. They think she's dead, so a vigilante mob goes, cuts out her tongue, and kills her. So yeah. then she's seeking revenge on the vigilant. It's, it's Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Kind of. Wow. So, yeah. And it is strange, too, when you say that. It um, does make me think of Malignant. Mm -hmm. Probably bits and pieces hung over from that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's the original. Like it was such a good idea. Yeah, let's keep <laughs> on to that. A that's idea. a good idea. Well, good thing they didn't use it in this then, maybe. Because... And bits of it are also used for the Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. Lee Winnell's Invisible Man. So it's like they mm -hmm. both, in like almost the same year, took bits and pieces from that original version of this mm -hmm. movie to make a brand new, completely different movie. But... um. Yeah, so that's, we get her backstory. What do you think of, I love the scene when she's in front of the audience. I think it's really creepy. It's so cool. It really is cool. And it's like, I like when you get to go back in time and things are just different. Mm -hmm. And they can really use it, like, 
as a creepy like as a tool basically because mm-hmm. it's like everyone was acted different you know like yeah everybody was weird <laughs> yeah everybody was just like just uh you know had a harder life so it's like which to be you can just feel the tension to be fair uh i feel like people 30 years from now are or even five years from now are gonna be like people in 2021 were weird and i'll say i preach <laughs> i agree <laughs> i mean we we're a bunch of weird anti-science motherfuckers i don't understand it either <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I, I absolutely love the, uh, that scene. It's so creepy. And, um, and then we get young Henry after Mary Shaw has died and she's willed, uh, all the dolls to be buried with her and her Mm -hmm. herself to be turned into a doll. Mm -hmm. So little Henry goes up and climbs on the, the, uh, casket and uh, the casket falls over. And Mary Shaw's laying there. Then she stands up and like fucking floats at him. What do you think of that bit? It's so scary. It's that bit so is scary. really scary. Why was he climbing on it? I forget why he was. He just wanted on to it. see what she looked like. He uh, wanted to just because his dad was a mortician, so he wanted to see what she looked like when she was made a puppet, and mm-hmm. he couldn't see, so he was climbing on the chair to see her. And he, yeah. his weight pulls it down on top of him. I wrote in my notes, uh, Puppet Mary is fucking terrifying. Like, yes. really? Ugh. I mean, like, alive Mary is terrifying. Puppet Mary yeah. is, like, undescribably scary. Yeah, yeah. They did such a great job on her design, didn't they? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, I wish I could design something like that. Something so scary. I know. It's so simple. It's so simple. It is very simple. Duh. Duh, of course. (laughs) So the next big scene we get is um, Henry's death. Um, Henry uh, hears Marion, like he, he hears her talking to Billy the puppet. And he's like, what's that doing here? Blah, blah, blah. He goes in there and the puppet quits talking when he walks in because she was actually talking to Mary Shaw. Mm-hmm. And he hears, so he goes into the mortuary and he hears Marion in the crawl space talk, uh, crying. And he's like, I'm sorry, I had to yell at you, blah, blah. So he, like a dumbass, goes in to look for her instead <laughs> of, like, I don't know, walking around the corner to see if she was there and be like, oh, hey, she's there. Let's get out of here. Not going to see what that is. But he goes in the crawl space, and this crawl space scene is pretty creepy, right? Yeah, especially because you know. The audience knows exactly what's going to happen to this guy. Mm -hmm. So you're like, the whole time, you're just like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't want to see this guy get Mm -hmm. hurt. He's so sweet. He survived her already. Mm Mm-hmm. He's I, taking care of Marion. Like, come yeah, on. I know. You get this bit uh, in there, which is one of my all-time favorites, when she he's shining the light and we see her hand come across the side of the pillar yes. and slide back. That's so scary, right? It's so scary. 
so scary. And then he, you know, is about to leave and she appears beside him and he screams. And when she screams, the smile she gives is so terrifying. It's so scary. We're going to have to like throw some pictures. Oh, they'll be all over it. Don't worry. I already know. Okay. All right. Have the edit in my head, (laughs) which is where I keep most things. <laughs> it's a maze of mess up here. Um but yeah, the uh the scene where she smiles is just so scary. You're just like oh. And look, here's what I was thinking while I was watching this movie. I am not a screamer. I don't know about you, but I'm not a screamer. Like when somebody jumps out at me, I don't go ah! I go so I think I would be perfectly safe. <laughs> like she'd come up and be like, and I go, <gasps> and then just like walk off, and she's like, I'm like, <laughs> okay. I, so I got a story. Okay, so I I feel like usually I w- I don't scream if I'm like startled by someone. Mm-hmm. But if I if somebody commits to trying to scare me, I have like a horror movie scream that is like Comes blood out. curdling. And <laughs> one time, uh, my stepdad was hiding. Like this was like in high school, and I come home and my mom's on the couch and my stepdad's not in his chair. So I'm like, what? Okay. And I didn't think anything of it. So, like, I was just like, oh, he must be, like, in the bathroom or something, you know? So I just keep walking to my room, and I hear this noise. So my room is, like, there's a bathroom, and then my room, like, my door. Like, bathroom, and then my door. And so I have to walk past the bathroom (laughs) to go into my room. And I heard, like, a noise, and I thought it was just, like, the floor creaking Mm -hmm. just when I was walking past and I remember just being like, oh, that was a creepy noise. And so I like set my, you know, my book bag down or whatever I had. And I come out and my stepdad jumps out of the bathroom with a scary Halloween mask on. And it was like a like swamp monster, like zombie mutant thing. I don't even know where this mask came from. And he jumps out, he's like, like scares me. And I screamed so loud (laughs) the most blood curdling scream (laughs) he was so upset that I screamed like that (laughs) I didn't mean to scare you that bad (laughs) it was like I didn't even know I could do that until I was in that situation that's funny like well this is the end of Lydia (laughs) you know Sarah screams at everything she's really easy to scare (laughs) and a lot of times i do it by accident like last night i think it was last (laughs) night i was in the living room and i went in through to the kitchen and sarah was in the bathroom so she's coming out of the bathroom (laughs) and i just walked into the kitchen this damn time she goes (laughs) and i was like like i didn't even like boo or anything i just walked in and she's oh god and i was like what the <laughs> when we first started dating uh jordan had this mask that was like a 
uh, gray rock monster face that okay. had like articulation in its jaw and stuff. So you'd put it on, and if uh-huh. you open your mouth and stuff, it'd go rah, rah, and yeah. stuff and move with you. And it looked really good. So Sarah came over, and I hid in Jordan's room. <laughs> and I told Jordan to tell her that I was in the other room or whatever. So she goes up into to my room, and I popped out at her with that mask. And it, Hera, she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> So there's still a picture of me still wearing that mask. And she's like, that's so terrifying, babe. Stop. <laughs> and then she's laughing. She took a picture of it. She's like, I appreciate hanging out with him, even if he does terrify me. And I'm just like, Ugh! the best part is I'm wearing this creepy mask, but I've got on like a dress sweater, like a, like that's three quarters zip. So, and I'm wearing khaki pants and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the most well-dressed monster possible. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh man. Do you remember that Batman Matt? Like a uh, ceramic face? Yes, that terrifying <laughs> one that looked like a demon with red eyes. Yeah. yeah. What the we fuck used was to that? um we used to just hide it like random places and try to scare each other with it. When we were little, when Jake was young. I used to, I had this really realistic Freddy mask that was foam latex. And I used to like put it on to scare him. But I would also, this one time, I remember vividly, he was asleep on his floor in his bed, in his bedroom. He just fell asleep on the floor because why not? So he sleep on the floor and I snuck up <laughs> beside him and I <laughs> grabbed the Nightmare on Elm Street 3 case and I set it like right by his face. And I was like, Jake. And he woke up and he saw Freddy right in his face and he let out such a huge scream. He's like, oh! <laughs> and I'm like, ah, idiot! <laughs> oh He's like, that's not cool, man. So then, of course, we did that to Jordan later on because of course. he was downward. So Yes, of course. So funny. But uh, I, anyway. I have so many more stories I know being scared, but I, I have a few that I'm going to save for some other episodes. Yeah, we should um, probably get but, back to uh, Dead Silence. Yes, yes, <laughs> I think that's a good idea. But I do kind of just want to ask anyone who's listening to this or episode watching. or watching uh, to go and tell us your story of a good time you scared someone or got really scared and you screamed really loud and would have been completely murdered by Mary Shaw. Yeah. We need those. We need those Shaw deaths. That's what we're going to call them. (laughs) Give me your Shaw deaths. When would Mary Shaw have gotten you? I can, I, I'm really having trouble thinking about a time that I screamed out loud because I usually don't literally, I always (laughs) internally gasp um, or just jump. (laughs) Um, a time that I can think of being scared that I felt like screaming was when I was little and I, uh, felt like one of my action figures head moved. I was in the, it was in the closet on the top shelf of the closet. I had like a giant Ninja Turtle and I had a giant Batman, which I still have both of them, by the way. But I had this giant Ninja Turtle, and this giant Batman, and they were up in the closet and I was putting away my clothes because mom made us 
put away our clothes and we had to hang them up on hangers and everything. So I'm doing my laundry and I look up and I, the turtle's like this. And I'm like, oh, all right, you know. And I look up and I swear it was like this. And it probably wasn't. It's probably tricking my mind. But I swear mm -hmm. that turtle's head turned like a quarter. And I was like, and I just couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was like, <laughs> and I just shut the closet door and I went downstairs and I hung out for like 15 minutes. And mom's like, oh, are your clothes done? No. Oh, you need to get back up there and do them. And I was like, I didn't want to tell her. I think my Ninja Turtles haunted. So instead I just was like, <laughs> okay. I go back upstairs and open the closet door and that Ninja Turtle's laying on the ground. Nah. Yeah, laying on the ground of the closet. And Batman is kind of standing there. And so I was like, I could look at this in two ways. That Ninja Turtle's trying to escape, or Batman just kicked his ass. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so oh, I just my goodness. Picked him back up and put him up. And I was like, putting my clothes up real fast and then closing my closet. I was like, I'm good. Um, so. Where are we in this goddamn movie at this point? I forget. Oh, Henry is dead. <laughs> Henry is dead now Henry... because he went in that creepy cellar and shouldn't have because he should know better. Never go into creepy cellars. Crawl spaces, cellars, all bad news. Rule right? of thumb, when a ventriloquist is trying to kill you and you hear somebody that is luring you... <laughs> Don't maybe just don't follow it. Don't follow just voices that no you think you should follow. No, don't. So at this point, uh Jamie goes back and sees his dad, has another conversation with his dad, where his dad reveals more of the backstory and then says, I that boy was your relative, he was your great uncle. I did this to keep you safe. I moved that's why I pushed you away, was to keep you away from me. That sort of stuff. And then uh, Jamie goes to leave um, and is stopped by the detective who is like, yeah, so all of Mary Shaw's uh, puppets are dug up. I just dug all of them up. You're like, why would you fucking do that? Don't you have like an actual job? Is your job just to follow this guy and dig up fucking corpses? I don't understand. <laughs> so he he says, you know, this is what's going on. Uh, the stepmom says, hey, you've got a phone call. And she answers, he answers it, and it's Henry. Even though we know Henry's dead. Henry says, I got a way to prove that you did not murder your wife. Um, so meet me at the theater. Which, time out. Here's the thing. A future reference. If you, you're in a situation and somebody says, hey, I've got a way to do blank X, Y, or Z. Meet me at X, Y, Z. That's not a house, a uh, authority figure's house, or, you know, a public place. Don't go. <laughs> you're probably in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, like, please don't go. <laughs> Did this irritate you when you watched it? Yeah, I mean, it's, but I understand it, though, because he really needs it. Yeah, you know? he needs something, yeah. So, 
the detective goes to Mark Goodall, uh, Donnie Wahlberg, by the way, is who plays the detective. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. But <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Uh, he's a, a, a new kid on this block. <laughs> Good one. Good job. You did it. He, I did it. We're retiring no, just... after episode 25. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we're able to just like get a... a new kids on the block joke. An um, hour and a half into this podcast. <laughs> and we finally did it. Finally did it. So <laughs> he goes to arrest him. And he's like, don't make me arrest you in front of your mom. And he just mm. like fucking pushes him. And he falls down and he runs away. Yeah. Pushes <laughs> him right down. Good job. What do you think of that escape? Like, <laughs> so I funny. felt like it could have been there could have been a better way for him to escape, right? Even pretended to walk out with him, right? And then, you know, he goes to get in the car, and then he shuts the door and runs into his car and speeds off. But instead, he's just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's just a, that's just what they used to do it back in two thousand seven. <laughs> <laughs> just push officers down, push and cops down, and then just run away. <laughs> yes. That's what I call white white privilege, right there, folks. He knew he wasn't going to get shot. He's just, <laughs> you just push him right over. Yeah, he knew. He knew. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's like the it, the comedy of it is that he really doesn't care. <laughs> he's no, like, he's like kind of annoyed, and he yeah. runs out, and he's like Jamie. <laughs> he's like I, don't run away like don't make me chase you he's like i don't have a full tank of gas yeah that's the best it's such a funny punchline i don't have a full tank of gas <laughs> so, it's like if you were actually trying to chase somebody you wouldn't tell them that you didn't yeah have a full yeah. tank of gas but he already knows where he's going outrun he told you he told him where he's going that's so true. he knows yes so yes. You're right. somehow they both get boats don't know where they have boats. <laughs> so, like, Jamie maybe could, like, has a friend that has one there because he's from the town. Uh, I guess the officer fucking commandeers one, I suppose. I don't know. He's just like... They just... You just they have find them. Because he says... They're laying everywhere. Because he says, no, we're the only two boats out here. I'm like, all right. So, during this bit when they're on the island going to the theater, right... I get some strong uh, vibes that they use later. Uh, the further. I think this is the beginning of what they use for the imagery of the further. So he has the mm -hmm. lantern. It's light, It's darkly lit. There's a bunch of fog. And I was like, I bet you that's part of the inspiration for the further in the Insidious mm -hmm. movies. I could see the beginning of that. I think it's beautiful. I love the lighting of that. The further is one of my all-time... When we get to Insidious, that's one of my all-time favorite places is the further. It's such a cool visual. Interesting. So cool. Uh, I actually homage that shot in a uh, in Hookman. There's a, there's a similar shot where she's holding the lantern, um, which we'll put right here. Dan, where are you? But... Uh, so they go to this theater, right? And Marky, or not Marky Mark, but Donnie Mark shows up. <laughs> Donnie Mark. 
Donnie Mark shows up. <laughs> the other half of Wahlburgers shows uh-huh. up. And he's, uh, he has a shotgun. And he's like, yay, you need to go. And he's like, he's here. Don't you hear him? And he said, we're the only two boats here. Nobody else could be here. And then he hears Henry start talking. Thank God. And so he says, <laughs> don't, don't you say I told you so. Yeah. And then they, they so they, they, this whole end part kind of like starts to play out like a buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. And he looks at the wall. Because he finally believes it. <laughs> yeah, he starts to believe it. He looks at the wall and then he approaches it and he's like, whatever you see, don't scream. And he walks into the false wall. What do you think of mm-hmm. that? Loved it. I love that bit. It's one of my favorite bits. Brilliant. So that good. should have been a trailer moment. That should have been a trailer moment if it wasn't. <laughs> That's a great moment. Whatever you do, don't scream. And yeah, so, and he just like is that from? I just wonder if that's mm-hmm. like an homage to something or like stolen from something. Like, mm-hmm. what other movie has that? Is that just? Do they just come up with that? I mean, probably. I mean, the the whatever you do, don't scream is probably for the plot because if they scream, if you scream, no. you die. No, just the wall thing. Like the wall the... thing? I don't know. That's probably in a bunch of things. It's like a false wall. It's an optical illusion. So if you yes. walk up to it, you can see that it's open. But when further back, it just looks like a straight wall. Yeah, it looks like there's no possible way anyone could be over there. Mm-hmm. And then he just like figures it out and just walks around it. And it's so yeah. cool. I love that. And this is where we were, what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the set design. This is where it's... Like, you know, we start to see the money on screen because the Mm -hmm. sets are gorgeous in this whole sequence. The theater, the dilapidated theater looks so cool. And it's such a scary uh, atmospheric place for the finale to take place. Um, And then we're going to get into some gripes I have here about this thing, because I love this setting so much. But I think the finale to this movie is weak sauce. Mm hmm. Um. So they they walk down this corridor and they see this beautiful shot. One of my all-time favorites. They see this glass wall of all of the dummies. And they're all standing there. And they're all labeled with a number and labeled with their names. And they're all there except number 55, which is Billy. And so we see all of the, this stuff. And then they find this other puppet. And he's like, is that another doll? It's like, no, that's a boy. And it's the missing boy. Mary Shaw turned her into her ultimate, tried to turn her him into her ultimate puppet. And then, uh, what do you think of that bit, first of all, before we get to the next bit? Well, I think, hmm... My opinion has a lot to do with how the next bit goes. But um, <laughs> um, I think the the puppet, the human puppet boy, is very, very creepy and very sad. <laughs> yeah, very sad. And especially like when, what do you think of him like controlling it? And he's like, oh, you know. He's like, uh, you know, it, it's me. It's cool. He's like, I got it. Just 
knock it yeah. off. Yeah, they do. Mm, they kind of do that. That's like the second time they did that in this movie, kind of mm-hmm. where it was like something happens with the with the dolls moving, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it was just me. Like yeah, they kind of play yeah. they play that a lot. They play it for laughs, and yeah. uh, so then we see this creepy clown doll. It, they see Mary behind it, and Mary appears, grabs it, and moves. So we see that she's puppeting it, and he. Jamie says, why did you take my wife from me? And he said, she says, come closer and I'll tell you. So he no. he starts to. Now, this is where the detective is the smartest character in the movie. He's like, mm-hmm. no, Jamie, don't go back there. Don't do it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Don't do it. No, no. She He leans in and Mary Shaw whispers to him and says, the ashen line doesn't end didn't end with him because his wife was pregnant so that's why he that's why she had to kill her to end the ashen line and of course this enrages jamie but he also like he's just shocked he backs up and then mary starts like he uh the detective shoots the puppet and then this scene here Mary starts morphing into the puppets and they start mm-hmm. shooting them. What do you think of this bit? Um I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I kind of expected <laughs> it not to look completely great. I think they did it I think they did it well for what they were doing, which was I- morphing and smudging their faces like mm-hmm. the mummy. <laughs> yeah, but it's they kind of stretched them out, and it's it never looks good. It just never I think does. you probably could have got the same point across by just having the puppets start to move and then get shot, and you'd be like, oh, she's taking control of all of the puppets. She's mm-hmm. morphing into the puppets. Still get the same effect without that really early 2000 cgi but yeah and that's what they thought was scary back then so i guess so fine. so i'm curious if it, they said anything about that in the uh, like original screenplay like how that scene was supposed to go down uh i don't know i haven't read the end of it yet i read the cliff notes and then i started reading it last night i got about halfway through last night yeah so i didn't finish it I... to see what I the am twist curious if happens one of slightly that different. or yeah. yeah. I think the ending happens slightly different. We find out more why the twist happens. But uh, like I, well, I already talked to you about. But um so they start shooting all these puppets and start running and then the he throws the thing and lights all the puppets on fire so they it sets the Buildings and movies, man, are just like covered in gasoline because mm-hmm. they just go up immediately. So things cold. were things were built very flammable back then. You know? <laughs> they used to build stuff with uh, you know uh, nitrogen. You know they used to put TNT in everything, which is why cars just exploded when you hit them. <laughs> That's fine. The only thing we didn't we didn't talk about the scene where like all the 
every single one of the dummies start turning their heads. Yes, that happens at the beginning of this whole uh, of this end sequence here. They all one by one. That's the shot. That's the shot right there. It's a money shot. That's... Yeah, it's a great one. I love. Yeah, especially with how many rows there are, and there's so many the glass. It's so cool. It just goes on forever, and the, yeah. you just hear them, the creaking sound. Yeah, just like yes. that. Yeah. So, so cool. good. Yeah, so. Um, and then to after, just watch them all go up in flame. <laughs> yeah, then they all go up in flames when uh, he throws the fire at them. So then uh, he, Donnie Wahlberg and Jamie start running, and they... Uh, get on like this catwalk and the detective falls off and as he falls off he screams and she kills him now i have a question she... about this <laughs> i have a question about this yes based off the rules isn't it implied that you mary shaw has to scare you and force you to scream right he wasn't I mean, scared of her. So, yeah. He was scared of uh, uh, gravity. <laughs> like gravity wins that one. Yeah. So I don't know how the rules necessarily she, work for that. She kind of swoops in and just catches him. She like Half, flies. <laughs> There's a great shot. It's so funny. There's a great shot before this when they're running in an intercuts between them running and Mary Shaw floating down the hallway at him. Yeah. Yes, I love that shot, and and it's all, I, it's all pretty effective. It's fine up until she like catches him. He they go behind a curtain, mm -hmm. right, and yep. then he comes out, like really awkwardly, and it makes no sense at all physically. Just yeah. to show yeah. his face is all messed up, like everybody else, and their tongue is ripped out. Yeah, and then he and falls it looks down so bad. Yeah. Then he falls down, and we get a close-up of his razor. Yeah. Going, you know, doing his yes. thing. Yes, which is, that's that's great. But the the way that they delivered that, they should have just let him hit the ground and then showed the face. Get, yeah, or let him hit the ground and then get dragged or whatever, you know? Like anything would have been better yeah. than him yeah. sticking out of the curtain, wet like the a thousand feet in out. the air. Yeah, so like if he would have been, if he, she would have caught him in midair, like you said, and then, yeah. and then he falls, and then his mouth yeah. ripped open, like you said, that would be much more effective. Because it wouldn't be this weird, like you're saying, it goes behind the curtain, then he comes back out and then he falls. He comes back out like a cartoon, like in like. Mm -hmm. When the, yeah, the coyote, like, you know, why runs the coyote the runs off the cliff yeah. and is suspended there for a minute, that's what happens. And it is I'm gonna so put that right here. weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is weird. Yeah. It is like he just runs out of real estate and he's like, it holds up a sign. <laughs> It's like, I mean, Mary Shaw is just holding his legs. 
behind the curtain for him to reveal his yeah, face. Yeah, who's, whose benefit is that for? The audience doesn't exist. So. <laughs> I mean, is she like eating I guess she's forever. Or... She's forever the showman. She's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess. So, Jamie escapes and the whole thing burns down. And after it burns down, like, we get, like, almost instantaneously a shot of him remembering that Billy's missing. And he goes, there's one more. And it's just real fast. Do you find, do you think that's a little jarring? I feel like they're trying to wrap it up real quick at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, Something. he escapes. I don't know. He gets what out. And then thinking. he's like, <laughs> he gets out. He's like, there's one more. And you're like, well, I mean, just breathe you know probably had a mandate that it couldn't be over an hour and a half is what i would imagine um and james wan likes to make long movies i mean the insidious or uh the conjuring 2 is like two and a half hours of pure brilliance is it really it's (laughs) It's like two yeah it's two and a half hours doesn't feel like it does it no i think it is it's so good it's close let's see the runtime of that guy Conjuring 2. Conjuring 2 runtime is, yeah, one hour and 34 minutes. So not quite two and a half hours. Over two hours. <laughs> it's like two hours and 14 minutes, which is long for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty long. So it's over yeah. two hours. Um, But so Jamie goes back home because that's where Billy is. So he goes home, goes upstairs, and sees the scrapbook. Uh, he finds Billy. Mary Shaw appears out of a the window, right? Out of the window. He like floats towards him. He throws Billy into the fire, and she dissipates. And he's like, "I won. It is over." So then he looks at his dad and he's like, something looks weird. Walks up to him. Then this is where we have the ultimate. This is Saul. This is the Saul of it all. Mm-hmm. Cause this whole ending is a hundred percent. The ending of a Saul movie. Is, is it not? <laughs> yes. Similar music. As you've seen all of the yeah. things happen. <laughs> the cuts. You see the food drip down. And it's just like, and then she appears, and her face turns into Mary Shaw, and like an idiot, he screams. And then we get the nursery rhyme again. Uh, him saying the nursery rhyme, He's just flipping through his scrapbook. And and we're gonna put a clip of Derek <laughs> saying it. Right here. <laughs> Here's Derek reading the Mary Shaw poem. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, make sure you never ever scream or she'll rip your tongue out at the seams. Yes. And then after that, here is uh, the Wolfman poem, just because I know you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf in the autumn moon. 
That's Dead Silence. What do you think of the ending of this movie? The twist, you know, just the twist itself, the execution of the twist. What do you think? Um, That she was the that stepmom. That she was the stepmom, right. And that she was puppeting the dad. Yes, I thought it was good because honestly, I forgot it. <laughs> That's the like, one thing oh, I didn't forget about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know how. I don't know how I forgot. I think it was because I was focusing so much on what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like trying to like remember everything to take note. I, I didn't watch this. I watched this three weeks ago. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> when we yeah. were originally, because we were originally going to record it three weeks ago. Yes. And then so something happened I, that we couldn't. And, yeah. Yes. And so I knew that <laughs> that I needed to remember because I knew we weren't going to record it that week. So I was yeah. like taking in every single detail of this movie. And by the time we got to the end, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it, it's yeah, a decent it twist. Was, I like, I really like the effects of showing his like spine. Kind mm-hmm. of like the, his back puppet like, little uh, yeah. What do you call that rod? The puppet rod? Yeah, y- yeah. I guess I don't know, yeah. but and then nasty. I had to look away because they pour like when the porridge, porridge goes down. down or yeah. something. <laughs> like why porridge? Yeah, and it just lands porridge? in that little. Here's what I think is funny. I think it's funny that Mary Shaw in the stepmother character herself. Because I think they're both in there. But I like how they... Um, I like how they have the wherewithal to say, well, we don't want to make a mess, so here's a little receptacle to catch the food. <laughs> I wanted to clean this thing out. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, you don't want it to be gross. Yeah. Take yeah. care of your puppets. Yeah. So, the twist itself. Here's what I'll say about the twist itself. I yes. don't hate the twist. I think it's a decent... It's a solid... Is it completely batshit insane and horribly implausible? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are we talking about here? It's 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 it's, yes. it's crazy. It's is crazy. It as, is it as fun as the twist to malignant? No, not even a fraction. Not even a fraction is fun. Mm-hmm. But is it as it uh, insane and in, as ambitious? Yes, I think it is. And I don't hate the twist. Here's my problem with the twist. My problem with the twist is twofold. Number one, I think the twist was manufactured to be a twist because Saul had a twist. So I think they felt like they had to throw a twist at the end of this movie. Yeah, I mean, yes, I can see that. And number two is the execution of the twist is, is Saul. I mean, it's just all of it is exactly the same. I remember watching it and I just expected it to be like the it for it to end with Would you like to play a game? <laughs> right. The music. Oh my gosh, you're so yeah. right. It is very much Saul. The music in the editing is is Saul. 
Um, having said that, I, I like the idea of the twist. I just felt like it was probably forced on them. And I hate that. I hate that yeah. they went through this experience not having a good time making a movie. And sometimes you're going to have that. But this is a movie that they pitched. Um, and Lee Wanell said that he never pitched a movie again. He always wrote on spec after that. So he would write the script by himself, not get paid to write the script, then show the script to people to get the movie made and get paid that way. Because if you write it on spec, or if you don't write it on spec, if you're hired to write it, they have a say in what, what you write. So he said it was a horrible experience, which is unfortunate, because I, I like it. So your yeah. thumbs up on the ending, or thumbs down, or thumbs middle? Um... Hmm. Thumbs middle, by the way, is a universal uh, rating system, by the way. <laughs> Not something <laughs> I just made up. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of like something you just made up, but okay. The nerve! I don't... <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm kind of... I'm kind of undecided. I'm trying to remember on my DVD. So I have like the unrated mm -hmm. DVD now. There's a second <laughs> ending on there, right? Yes, there's a second ending, and I'm trying to remember how that went. I wonder what I the. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember but it either. I feel either. like it was better. <laughs> uh, what is it? I'm dead? usually. <laughs> I'm usually the one that's like. Does I was like, don't show me it. I don't want to see it. I don't yeah. like alternate endings. I just want one ending, please. It confuses me. I don't like it. And oh, it's okay. Sometimes upsetting. How's it go? So here it is. Um, an alternate ending. Ella simply knocks Jamie out after he discovers his father was a puppet. Then she <laughs> explains that the original Ella was a human being Edward with Edward as an abusive husband. Edward knocked her down the stairs and killed her unborn child. Ella dug up the grave where Billy the puppet was buried and became possessed by Mary Shaw. Afterwards, Ellie makes a family photograph and then dressed as Mary Shaw, tells a bedtime story to a child by candlelight, later revealed to be a traumatized and brainwashed Jamie with his voice removed or his tongue ripped out. This story is the poem. Ellie also reveals that only silence can save you from Mary Shaw. And then she blows out the candle, ending the movie. That's right. Sounds that sounds yeah. much better. That's that was leaps good. and bounds better. See, that's what than... that's what I was like. I feel like I'm undecided because there was another ending that I watched. <laughs> yeah, that ending is better. Why did they uh studios why? But yeah. Yeah, they wanted that saw ending, and this was they wanted that. the saw ending. Yeah, and that's yeah. why it's that edited like that. I mean, yeah, because this ending sounds like it was knocked out, then everything's explained, and Jamie's brainwashed, and his tongue's ripped out, and he's just mm -hmm. that's scarier too. Yeah, I'm a mm -hmm. fan of that ending. Now this ending gets thumbs down, new ending <laughs> gets thumbs up, and an ending where. Uh, it's revealed that it was old man Jenkins down the road the entire time. Gets us thumbs middle. 
where there's just like a great dane and a stoner and a nerd yeah and a and for some reason a guy that wears an ascot all the time kind of looks like a sailor yeah. <laughs> yes and a model and a supermodel and then a nerd woman i think we have a formula for a good show we should probably try to figure this out <laughs> <laughs> And that is Dead Silence. Lydia, what are your final thoughts on Dead Silence? And what is your rating for it? Well, I just want to say, I feel like this movie had transitions within transitions within transitions. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I feel like we didn't talk about that. We talked we, about the one we really did. We great talked about the transition. I one. Yeah. Yes. But there's a and bunch of them. They never stopped. Mm. They never stop the entire that, movie. That's that 2000s editing that I was talking about. It's it's like every transition is a double or triple transition. Yeah, it's like that. that... Yeah, where yeah. it's like the. I mean, I can't. I can't think because I watched this movie three weeks ago. But mm-hmm. that was one thing that I was like, look at these transitions there's a lot of them i mean it's not as distracting as the 400 zooms in the, in the amityville horror but it is quite distracting <laughs> we're still I waiting to get hate want... from that i know we need to do uh like a shot of all the zooms clipped together we do. That's going to take a lot of time. Transitions. We'll, we'll do that it would day. take a lot of time. Yeah, we'll do maybe, it one day. Maybe someday. But like, I would like to see all these transitions. Just mm-hmm. there's, there's got to be a super cut. There. Yeah, there's got to be a super cut. Yeah. If we find it, we'll link it yeah. in the description. Okay. Uh, <laughs> below, but if not, then uh, watch the movie and write them down yourselves. Yes. Why do we have to do all your work for you? <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. You got to. <laughs> Well, some of the weight. <laughs> um, so my final rating, I'm going to say, I'm going to give this movie a seven and a half. Hmm. Yeah. Pumpkins. That's a, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I am kind of of two minds with this movie because I see all those flaws, you know, as well. But I think the the setup to this movie, I think the storyline of this movie, the concept, the, the pure concept of the movie is awesome. And I think there's some beautiful shots. I think there's some well-staged horror sequences. But I also feel like there's some wooden acting, which... I'm not one to talk about. I watch all the Friday the 13th and love them dearly. So wooden acting is what it is. You know, it is what it is. But with this movie, um, I feel like it is a glimpse into what James Wan and Lee Wanell will become. Saul was them setting the world on fire, announcing their presence, saying, this is what we can do. This was this is another thing we can do. Then they did death sentence, which is fine. But it wasn't until they hit insidious that they're like, Hey, here it is. Drop the mic. And you know, the, ma- the maestros are here. And um, I can see that evolution starting here. 
for sure. I think James Wan is a maestro at tension, and I think he's a maestro at moving the camera. Uh, he wasn't quite there yet in this one. Having said all that, I think I will give Dead Silence a uh, 6.5. Because I really do like it, and I almost want to give it a 7. But if it had that alternate ending, I'd give it a 7. If it also had the original backstory from Mary Shaw, it'd get an 8. Maybe they can revisit this movie someday. Like, I think there's a good kernel of an idea here. I, I'm surprised. I wish So this movie was a financial failure. It made $22 million off of a $20 million budget. So it was a, uh, it was a box office bomb. Uh, which is why we had Death Sentence next. And it was, that's why they made Insidious on such a small budget. And it turned into a monster hit, you know. But, um, yeah, so I, if it was better received, we would have been getting sequels at, and sequels of this thing. Because there's, I mean, the, you could tell more stories with it. It's almost like, the studios that make these choices for people who have a vision for what their movie needs to be need to stop <laughs> what they're doing. Listen, because this movie probably wouldn't have bombed at all if they would have just let them have their story. And they would have marketed it. They they didn't like the movie that they made because of their own notes, basically. So their interference made a movie that they didn't like, so they dumped it in February with barely any marketing. So it bombed. I'm going to say this, and it's probably not going to get me many jobs, but I'm going to say it. Let the creative people be creative. You are an executive for a reason. Let the creatives be creative. Not that hard. If you came to me with a movie... And it was, you had this great, brilliant idea, and you asked for my input, I'd give it. If you didn't, and you just wanted me to shepherd it through, that's what I would do. But I would never be like, no, you got to do this, that, this, that. You know? Mm -hmm. It's it's not, I mean, I mean, crazy if me. this movie came out today, like, this movie is a perfect example of that. Just because of how successful they are now. Yeah. When they're yeah. making their own rules. <laughs> yeah. When you let when they're them making do their... their own story. Like this movie could have been a classic. Yeah. And I I, I personally think it is a classic, and that's why I get I'm giving it a seven and a half. I want to give it higher, but it's just like I've I would recommend this movie to anyone. I would recommend everyone, this movie too. Yeah. Everyone should watch this movie. It really is scary. Mm -hmm. And it no, really I is agree. fun to watch because it's scary. But I'm... the plot and the acting is just a little bit. <laughs> Listen, you talked me into it. I'm going to give it a 7. Move it from a 6.5 <laughs> yes. to a 7 because you're right. It's flawed. But the stuff that works, worked well. And I have a really good time watching this movie. And I think mm -hmm. it's beautifully shot. I love the atmosphere when they're allowed to do the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And um, so seven, I'm going to give a seven to the cut with the alternate ending. Me too. That's how I'm going to justify it. Seven 
alternate ending cut. Um, because I, I feel like this is a movie that is prime for a remake. This is the type of movie that you should remake, right? Yes. Remake this thing because then you can, you know, uh, improve upon a great idea. Yeah. So and stay away. Your money back. Yeah. <laughs> and here's an idea: don't remake movies that are already perfect. Stay away from Jaws. Stay away from Halloween. Stay away from Close Encounters and Back to the Future. Do movies like Dead Silence where there's room for improvement. Yes. And this has been my soapbox. You should call it Dead Silence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you should call it Dead Silence 2, but remake the exact same movie, but better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you can. Listen, I had somebody actually argue with me uh, on Facebook. It was really funny. They had a list of horror movies and or horror movie sequels and said, which horror movie sequel is the most satisfying to you? And I picked Evil Dead 2 because I think it's the perfect sequel, right? Had a guy that said, that's not a sequel, though. And I was like, what? How so? Uh, explain yourself. <laughs> He's like, well, it's the same exact movie, just with more money. I said, have you have you watched Evil Dead 2? It's not even the first 15 minutes are a recap because they didn't have the rights to reuse the footage for Evil Dead. But uh -huh. it's a completely different movie than Evil Dead 2. It's yes. not a remake. A requel would be a better term. It's a remake I, slash sequel. I feel so sorry for anybody who tries to argue with Jamie about Evil Dead. Do not argue Evil Dead with me, you bastards. <laughs> Unless you're Bruce Campbell, then you win. You win, Bruce. <laughs> Even if you're wrong, I'll let you have it. <laughs> and, of course, the great Sam Raimi. Um, but that is Dead Silence. Um, do you remember what's on the agenda next week? Oh, this is shoot. usually Derek's bit. But I didn't Derek, know if where you, are you at? wrote it down or... I have it pulled up right here. Okay, good, good. It's just not loading. <laughs> there we go. All right, you ready? I am this ready. Is... All right, it is drum roll, please. Hatchet. Hatchet! Adam <laughs> Green's classic slasher. I would say slashic. All right, great. Next week we get to do Adam Green's Hatchet. Um, I'm really excited about this one. It's a it's one of my one of my faves. Um, we need to be sure to watch the unrated version of Hatchet. By the way, do not watch the R-rated version. No bueno. Unrated version. That's where you get all the good stuff and the kills and the gore. Um. So yeah, any uh, last words before we sign off? So, guys, we almost didn't agonize this movie, which would have been a travesty. Right, Lydia? Right. We can't have that. So, we'll have Derek Splice in, <laughs> send us in his agonize for this movie. But uh, for Lydia, agonize this movie, who would be your Tom Atkins? I think mm, this is a tough one. There's not well, we very know many the, characters. You know the obvious choice because of your hatred. The main character. <laughs> the main character. He should be Jamie. 
I would die if Tom Atkins played a character named Jamie. That would be fucking badass. <laughs> I would use yeah, that clip either... on everything I did. I'm trying to actually picture it. I'm like, try I need to just take a moment and just picture Tom Atkins in this role. Like, even mm. old Tom Atkins, it would make no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. But it I would, would still probably be better. It would. I would say, uh, if, I mean, if, if time wasn't an issue, of course, it'd be young Tom Atkins in this role, hands down. But if mm -hmm. we're going off his age at that point, then I would say you cast him as the detective because the detective could be any age, right? And I like Donnie Wahlberg in it. He's good. But can you imagine Tom Atkins talking about shaving and talking to a dummy and shit? That's funny. Yes. Yeah. I think that's that's got to be the one. Yep. I mean, the other choice would be the coroner, but that's kind of a boring, thankless part. Yeah. Uh, and the dad, but he's just sitting in a chair the whole time. So I think it really has to be the detective. Sorry, Donnie. I wonder what Derek has to say about this. I bet you he's going to pick Mary Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our Atkinized. Now back to the show. I'm going to splice this in earlier in the episode. So it's going to be great. Here's back to the regular show. Uh, Derek will be back next week. He'll be here to regale us with the story of why he's off. Um, he'll regale us with stories about how he tried to dance with girls and just got scared and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell us stories about how he's in Walmart and he decides to try to adjust his crotch by doing sumo squats. Maybe. <laughs> But he'll be here. Do you have anything else to add? Um, maybe we can figure out if he watched this movie in color or not. Yes, that's true. He did say, so at the top of next week's show, he's going to do a mini review of this movie and give us his pumpkin rating. So, okay. Because he was watching Deal. it. He watched it today. So uh, without further ado, I guess we'll see you next week for... Derek LeMaster and Lydia Judy. I'm Jamie Hiles. Remember, if you're going to scream, scream, scream bloody, bloody movies. movies. <laughs> Even with two of us, we're terrible. Scream <laughs> bloody movies. <laughs> <laughs>